Amen. How many of you need revival? Amen. I believe that we all can be revived. Amen. To get back to the place of being on fire for God. Amen. I'm thankful for His Spirit that we feel here today. Thankful for the Lord moving in this service so far. Amen. I'm thankful for His presence. I'm thankful for the opportunity to be able to speak to you this morning, to be able to minister. Appreciate the confidence the pastor has to ask me to be up here, to be behind this pulpit. I don't take it lightly. And I know it's serious. Amen. It's one of the most serious things that you can do. So I don't want to ever just try to get by or just try to Say, get up here and say something clever just for the sake of looking good, but to try to get up here and to speak truth into somebody's life, to, to speak the gospel into somebody's heart. Amen. I'm thankful for that opportunity this morning. We're going to go to a few different passages of Scripture this morning. Um, might do a little bit of Bible reading, but I uh, just pray that you would bear with me. I'm going to take this somewhere. We're going to start in Luke chapter 22, and then we're going to start in verse 31. Very familiar passage of Scripture here. You know, the thing that I love about the Bible, one thing I love about Scripture, is that you can read the same story over and over and over, and it becomes familiar. But one day you can go back to that Scripture, and your eyes can just be opened again to that Scripture, to the truth that's spoken there, like you've never read it before. I'm thankful that we have a living Word. You know, it's not dead like just history books where you can just read about something, but it's something that can speak to you continually. It's the Word of God. I'm thankful that we have that at our, at our, our, in our hands, that we're able to read that. We're able to have access to it. You know, there's still countries in this world that don't have the Bible in their translation, but I'm thankful that we're blessed to be able to read the Word of God. Amen. Luke 22, verses 31, if you would stand for the reading of the Word this morning. Verse 31, this is Jesus speaking at the Last Supper with His disciples. And verse 31, it says, The Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. And he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee, both into prison and to death. And he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day. Before that, thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. And we're going to skip down here into verse 54. Then they took him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house, and Peter followed afar off. And when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were sat down together, Peter sat down among them. But a certain maid beheld him as he sat by the fire and earnestly looked upon him and said, This man was also with him. And he denied him, saying, Woman, I know him not. And after a little while, another man saw him and said, Thou art also of them. And Peter said, Man, I am not. And about the space of one hour after another confidently affirmed saying of a truth, this fellow man also was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter said, Man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately while he yet spake, the cock crew, and the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him, Before the cock crow, that thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. 
Amen. We see here Peter's failure. But I want to show you another side of Peter. And if we would skip over to Acts chapter 2. Start in verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And they were dwelling at Jerusalem, Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noise abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because at every man heard them speak in his own language. Skip down here to verse 38. After they were ridiculed and mocked for speaking and saying, these men must be drunk. And this is Peter's response. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he did testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they sat gladly, received his word, were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Amen. We see a big difference between those two passages of Scripture. We see a man who was afraid to even say he knew Jesus, and he was able to preach instead to 3,000 men. Amen. If you would, just pray with me that the Lord would have his way in the service. Amen. And if you would just pray with me, Lord, I pray that you would move in this service tonight, this morning. Lord, that you would just touch somebody's life, touch somebody's heart, and that you would speak to their heart. God, I pray that you would take my words, Lord, and let them be yours. In your name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. Amen. From failing to being filled. From failing to being filled. You know, life has a way of making us seem like we're failures. And it's not a topic that we like to dwell on very often. However, it is something that we have experienced at one point or another. You know, while on the other hand, some people may continuously dwell on their failures. You know, maybe we fail like we're continually failing God. Some may consider their lives, their entire lives to be a failure. You know, we read the two passages of Scripture here, both about the same man, but two very distinct and different outcomes. Throughout the Gospels, we see Peter as he goes from one area of his life to another. You know, we read how Peter was a disciple of Jesus, how he followed him, he loved Jesus, and he was one of the closest people on this earth to Jesus. From Jesus going to him and Andrew, his brother, to calling them to be fishers of men, to where they gave up the lives that they knew, they immediately dropped everything that they had ever known to follow Jesus. And he walked with him daily. He loved him. And he forsook everything he knew to follow Jesus. He started off good. When he met Jesus, he didn't hesitate. He didn't think twice about it. He, the Bible says that they just followed him. And for some time... He was close to Jesus as anybody could be. 
You know, he was one of those disciples that was outspoken. He was the most outspoken disciple, and a lot of times he put his foot in his mouth. He embarrassed himself at times to where Jesus even had to call him out and said, Peter, get behind me, Satan. But Peter was a man that had a special calling on his life, but he failed Christ. While Jesus was on his way to die for the sins of the world, while Jesus was going away to be tortured, to be, to be beaten, to be scrutinized, to be embarrassed, at that very time, Peter, who told him, I will even go to prison, I will die for you. I'm not going to deny you, I'm not going to leave you, Jesus. You know, and many times in our own lives, we tell God, oh, I'll never do that again. Oh, I'll never mess up again. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I won't do it. But how many times have I been there? Have you been there where we failed him again? We failed him when we told him we would never do it again. You know, and as I read this scripture, this part, the part stuck out to me where it says that Jesus turned and looked at Peter. You know, and I can imagine the pain that was in Jesus' face as Peter denied him three times. You know, and it, and it reminded me of the times that I felt like I failed God and the times that, you know, I was just so distraught over the, the mistakes that I've made to know that I hurt God. And, you know, and we've all been there. And unfortunately, it's a truth that we have to come to. As humans and human nature, we fail continually. You know, I tried putting myself in Peter's situation. Just that feeling of failure. The Bible says he went away and he wept bitterly. He knew what he'd done. He knew the mistake that he had made. You know, and I feel like sometimes we're in that situation. You know, after all that he had witnessed Jesus do, all the things, that the miracles that he saw Jesus perform... He was even there for the transfiguration of Jesus. He saw Christ's hum humanity peeled back and saw Christ's divinity. And even then, he still messed up. He still made a mistake. But I'm so thankful that it didn't end there. I'm so thankful that our fail failures don't have to be the end. Our fails failures don't have to be the end result to our lives. Afterwards, after the crucifixion and after Jesus resurrected, we see Peter's story continued. Peter goes fishing again. He goes back to where he came from, and he's out on the sea. He's fishing, and Christ comes to him again. They see him afar off, and Jesus tells him, come to me. And we read in John 21, we see Jesus' second chance for Peter. It says, So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? And he saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And he saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, Lovest thou me? And he saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. And he saith unto him a third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? 
And Peter was grieved because he had said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. And Jesus said unto him, Feed my sheep. Amen. We see a second chance here. You know, it's not just Jesus asking him a question. Do you love me? Do you, do you love me? But there was significance in this question because this was the first time that Jesus had spoken to Peter since the crucifixion. And he started it off with forgiving Peter for what he had done. From three times denying Jesus, Jesus gave him a chance to tell him three times I love you. And I'm thankful that in my life when I failed Christ, he was there to forgive me. He was there to say I love you. He was there to forgive me of my failures. Jesus already knew that Peter loved him. And this was the benefit, Peter, to remind him that even though his fail- through his failure, he could continue to follow Christ. Amen. I'm sorry, but reading this scripture, it just, it just brings to light the mercy of our Lord and Savior. Amen. You know, it just goes to show that in our darkest moments, in our biggest failures, he still loves us. Amen. Jesus already knew that Peter cared for him, but he gave him another chance. And he instructed Peter once again, follow me. Feed my lambs. He gave him a plan. He gave him a purpose. And just like Peter, even though we've made mistakes and we've fallen short, even though we've disappointed our Lord and Savior, I'm so grateful to serve a merciful God. I'm so grateful that no matter what I've experienced, no matter the things that I've done, that Jesus still loves me and Jesus still has a plan for my life. And if you're sitting here today and if you feel like you failed God and that you can't keep going on, you feel like I've made too many mistakes, I can't do anything for God. That's the lie from the enemy. God has a plan. He has a purpose for your life. God's hand is still on you, and He still loves you. I came across a speech by Steve Jobs. I was just scrolling through the internet one day, and I don't know why this came up. But in 2005, Steve Jobs gave a commencement address to the students at Stanford. And in the address, he stated that at a young age, he found his purpose in life, starting... In his parents' garage, he and his friend, Steve Wozniak, constructed the first Apple computer. And in 10 years, this company would be worth $2 billion within 10 years' time. He started this company at the age of 20 years old. And by 30, as the company continued to grow, he hired someone to help him run his business. However, he he would soon realize that things started to go downhill very soon and he ended up being fired from the very business that he created. He states that the public embarrassment from being fired from his own business was so great that he wanted to leave his home and go into hiding. And soon after time, he, he would remember his love for his work he would remember why he started his business and his company in the first place. And it would push him to start over, to start new, to start fresh. 
Over five years, he would create the company Next and Pixar. And Pixar would go on to be the largest computer animated studio in the entire world, as well as Next being bought out by Apple, his former company. And with this, he was brought back into the company and next catapulted the future of Apple. And Jobs states in this speech that if it wasn't for the failure that he experienced by being fired from his job, that he would probably not have realized and remembered his love for his work, and it wouldn't have pushed him to be greater than he was in the beginning. You know, we see a lot of people, once they fail, they quit and they just give up. They say, that's it, I'm done. I'm, I'm not going forward anymore. But we read here, just like Peter, Peter started off following Jesus. He failed, but he realized he could start again. And it wasn't just starting and picking up where he left off, but he started greater than he was at first. We see Peter, he went from denying Christ three times. He went from denying Christ to being able, or to reassuring Christ three times, to preaching to 3,000 souls. You know, and the difference that was made in Peter's life was he received power. He received the Holy Ghost. He went from a failure to being filled. Amen. And a lot of times in our lives, we deprive ourselves of the very power that will give us strength to overcome. Peter didn't let his past mistakes define his future. And just because we've messed up doesn't mean that we can't continue going forward. But we see here the difference maker from a failure to being filled and it wasn't Jesus' desire that, that Peter would fail. Even, even Jesus in the garden told his disciples, you need to pray so that you don't enter in temptation. What did they do? They fell asleep. And how many times in our very own lives have we, have we given up the power that is so accessible to us? You know, it's right there. It's right there to grab. It's right there for God to give it to us. If we would just allow and prepare ourselves. I'm thankful that even though there's failure, there's an answer to the failure. You know, there's a way to overcome. God gives us a way to get through it and a way to get past it and to overcome. On the day of Pentecost, you see a difference between the disciples and the apostles from falling asleep in the garden to not even praying to where they tarried in the upper room until the power of God came down. You know, we, we're given two examples of what can happen if we, if we lose out on the power or if we tarry in the presence of God. He can give us strength. He can give us power. And He can give us the boldness that we need to fulfill what He's called us to do. You know, and Peter would go on to become one of the boldest preachers of that time, taking the gospel to the Gentiles. He was given a vision, you know, of, from Jesus that, any, that there was no unclean thing that he could take the scripture, and it was for every person. And when Peter didn't let his past mistakes define his future, and we don't have to do that either. You know, we all make mistakes. We all fail at times. 
But it's when we pick ourselves up, if we, when we go to Jesus, we turn to Him and we give it to Him that Jesus can make something out of us. And we don't have to continue to walk in the failure and the defeat that the enemy would like to do, would like us to do. We don't have to do it because there is a power that is greater than us. And Peter experienced that power. He was able to proclaim the truth. Amen. Just at a little fire where three people asked him, oh, you're one of them, aren't you? Oh, no, I'm not. I'm not. So where on the day of Pentecost, he was in front of a multitude of people. And they were making fun of him. They were mocking them. They said, oh, these men must be drunk. These, they're filled with new wine. But Peter had the boldness to stand up and say that this is what was prophesied by the prophet Joel. Amen. And, and in that, that sermon, 3,000 souls were gained because he was bold enough to stand up. Amen. I'm thankful for second chances. I'm thankful that God doesn't just leave us where we are. God doesn't just let us sit there and say, oh, you failed too many times, so I'm done with you. I'll move on to this person. Amen. But He wants to take you and He wants to mold you and He wants to forgive you of the sin and He wants to use that sin or He wants to use that mistake to mold you into a new creature. Amen. Into a new opportunity. Amen. You may feel like the, the, feel like the failure that you've experienced is too great. But amen. We serve a merciful God. We serve a God who is able to forgive. Amen. If you would stand this morning. Amen. If the music would come, I'm going to close up here. You know, as I was reading through this passage of Scripture and studying for this, I just couldn't help but be so broken over the mercy of God. Because I've been Peter. I've been there where I've messed up. And I felt like it was so great. But we see Jesus' mercy here. And how God is continually reaching out to His people. God is reaching His hand saying, Come, come to me like the disciples on that ship, like Peter, he's saying, come to me. And even when Jesus forgave Peter, John, I believe it was John, he, he said, Lord, he's the one that denied you. And Jesus said, that's, not, that's none of your business. <laughs> you know, and you might have people that will say things like, oh, he was the guy that did that. Or that was the guy that made this mistake. He's the one that got divorced. Or he's the one that walked away from God. But I'm thinking, well, it doesn't matter what people say. It doesn't matter what the public says about you, but what our Savior thinks of us. Amen. I'm thankful that I don't have to worry about other people's thoughts and how they think of me as long as I'm right with God. And you might be here today and you say, you know what? I've been living in failure. 
I've been letting my mistakes get the best of me. I've been letting the devil tell me that God doesn't want to forgive you anymore. You've, you've messed up a thousand times. But that's farthest, the farthest thing from the truth. God is standing right there waiting for you to come to Him. To come to Him. Let God take it. Let God take your failures. Let the power of God fall on you. Amen. That's going to be the difference maker in this time, in this world. We're not going to be able to overcome in our own power. And we see Peter trying to go through his own power. He tried to rescue Jesus. But how many times have we tried to do things in our own strength and it just falls, we fall flat on our face. But it's going to be the power of Jesus. It's going to be the power of the Holy Ghost that's going to make the difference. And you may say, I'm here. I need that power again. I need the Holy Ghost to move in my heart. I need the Holy Ghost to refill me. I need the Lord to move, to forgive me. And He will. If you would, bow your heads. If there's one here that says, Lord, I, I want to come to You. I want to give You my failure. I want to give You my hurts, the pain. If that's You, would You just lift Your hand? If that's You today, that said, I need God to move in my heart. Amen. God sees. God sees. God knows. Amen. If You would all just come to this altar. Let God restore You. Let God restore Your soul. If we all could come. Amen. If we could come to this altar, let God move in your heart. Let Him forgive you. Let Him refresh you. Give you that power of revival again. Amen. And He will meet you here. He will meet you in this altar. And He's waiting for you. If you would give it to Him. Amen. Let's pray. You are loved beyond your failures. You are loved beyond your past. The hope that you've imagined is now reality at last. You are loved with no conditions. You are loved with no remorse. The scars of your forgiveness are engraved upon the Lord. You are loved.